ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your butts. Drunk Discussions is back in your life. At least temporarily. Let's get this shit started. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Drunk Discussions is back temporarily. I wasn't planning on doing any more episodes until the new year, but inspiration has struck, ladies and gentlemen. Inspiration has struck. And when you have inspiration, you gotta go with it while it's there. So I am still looking for a new co-host. I have one in mind. I'm pretty sure I know who's going to be co-hosting this with me in the future. We're still debating whether the format's going to change or not. But as of right now, I am going solo on this one. It's also a little different because I'm not recording from a bar. I am recording live from home. Although, much respect, I still love the brass taps down on Danforth. I also love the Detroit Eatery, which we never got a chance to record at, but hopefully in the future we'll get to do that. But I, I love both of those places. But tonight I'm at home where I'm drinking a nice, cool, refreshing Smirnov ice. Yes, that is right. No Bud Light Lime on this episode. Hashtag fuck you, bud. Hashtag yeah, I'm a cooler guy. Hashtag deal with it. Now... If you guys are interested, yes, we are still kicking around Drunk Discussions, so you can listen to this episode, all of our past episodes, and all of our future episodes on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, and of course, our home, our main source of play, drunkdiscussions.podbean.com. You can find us on the social medias, on Instagram, at DrunkDPodcast, on Twitter, at Drunk D Podcast. And our Facebook page is back up. I believe it's facebook.com backslash drunk discussions. I'm going to have to recheck that right now. Give me one sec. Yes, indeed. It is facebook.com backslash drunk discussions. Now, don't bother donating to our Patreon until we're back up and running on a regular basis. But you can still buy some merch by going to shop.spreadshirt.com backslash drunk discussions. Get a shirt. You know, anything with Sean's name on it is a collector's item at this point. I'm working on a new logo and a new and new merchandise. I do still like our old logo too, so I might still keep that and change the name uh, of the new person that I'm planning on bringing in. But yeah, go to shop.spreadshirt.com backslash drunk discussions, buy some merch, keep it as a collector's item. Now, as I said right off the bat, inspiration has hit me. One of my all-time favorite musicals is Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat by Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice. And as a kid, I had the cassette And I played that thing so often that I wore it out and the fucking tape and the cassette ended up eventually breaking from overuse. And recently, I don't know, I've just become obsessed with it again. And 
thank God for the internet. So even if you don't have your old technology, which is beyond outdated, you can still find your nostalgia memories online. So thanks to Apple Music, I've been listening a lot to Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat soundtrack once again, and it's to the point where I've become obsessive about it in an analytical way. There's a lot of things that just strike me as odd. Like, there are a couple of lines in some of the songs that I find unintentionally hilarious. And then just from a continuity standpoint from the storyline, there are some things that I've been thinking about as I've been playing it a lot recently where I'm like, I don't know if this makes sense. Like, I never, I'm not big on the Bible, so I don't know the full official biblical story of, of Joseph. But just based on the play alone, there's a lot of continuity errors and things that don't seem to make sense to me as I listen to the songs obsessively on repeat. So what I'm going to do is we are going to listen to the entire Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat soundtrack, the Toronto cast recording, sorry, the Canadian cast recording, which was made back in 1992. And as we listen to it, I'm going to point out the things that I find unintentionally hilarious and the errors that I find with the music. And without further ado, I think it would be a really strong move to get things started. And yes, even though Sean's not around anymore, I'm going to, at least for now, keep really strong alive. Alright, we are starting off with the prologue here. The introduction to Joseph. We are here for the night. Thank you for thank you for pointing that out. You know, I very rarely dream. Occasionally I'll dream, but I really don't dream too much. Although they say you dream every night, but you don't really remember them. So, I mean, how do they know if you dream? Fuck you, dream analysis people. He can't be you, because this is a story that's taking place in the past. So that boy could not be you. You are not that boy. I mean, if you believe in reincarnation, I guess, but realistically, you're not that boy, and that boy is not you. You can't be that boy. You're not a dream inter interpreter. Fuck you, narrator. Here we go. Any dream will do, baby. I close my eyes. Okay, I shouldn't sing. I'm sorry. I really shouldn't. 
could it be who was weeping we never really we really never do find out who's weeping i guess we do i guess i guess it we'll get to it later if i re fucking remember it at that point but i all right we'll get to it now i think it's jacob i think it's jacob that's weeping not to get too far ahead but i think it's jacob that's weeping when he thinks joseph is dead that's who I'm guessing he's talking about in those opening lyrics. Honestly, this probably, uh, of the Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals that I've seen, which haven't been too, too many, but of the ones that I've seen, I, I think Joseph is just beyond my favorite. Like I said, I wore this tape out as a child. ALW has been accused of plagiarizing in some of his works, but fuck you, those are just the haters. ALW's awesome. Respect to Andrew Lloyd Webber. Poor Joseph being left alone. Poor, poor Joseph. dream will do kids just dream your dreams shoot your shot man it's gonna be weird not recording this from a bar not having random people come up to me not having the bartenders offer me extra drinks i'm gonna have to go get my my own drinks when i need refills what the fuck is that that's not accustomed to the show. I mean, I, I can do it. It just doesn't fit in with the show. I'm going to have to pause and go and come back. I mean, I guess we sort of pause anyways when we take bathroom breaks, but just not the same atmosphere. I'm only like 13 minutes in and it's already not the same atmosphere. Okay, so we're, we're being introduced to Jacob and his sons. Jacob. 
So I'm going to pause it here for a sec. This song is the first song that has a lyric which I just find so unintentionally funny, and we will get to it when it plays. So let, let's play back the, the music, and when it plays, I'll pause it again and get to it. His sons and his wives used to call him dad. Okay, I can get his sons calling him dad. No issue there. But his wives. Like, what the fuck? It's just, to me, one of the most unintentionally funny lines that I've ever heard in a musical. Like, did, did Tim Rice, as the lyricist, really have nothing else that he could fit in there for that pause um, that he had to use the word wives to make it flow more naturally? Or was that supposed to be like an unintentionally hilarious joke that was ahead of the time? <laughs> like a, a unintentional hilarious adult theme joke where like the wives are calling him daddy, like the who's your daddy type situation. Like I that line just cracks me up since i've gone back to to listening to the soundtrack recently every time i hear that line i fucking lose it it's great also additionally again i'm not up on my bible i do study ancient history just i i love ancient history not once do i recall anybody ever being given a land thanks to the number of sons that they had so, like, right off the bat, I don't know how much I can buy into this story. But, yeah, no, I just I just had to talk about that line about <laughs> Jacob, Jacob's sons and wives calling him dad. Uh, really, really fucking strong, Tim Rice. Uh, let's get back to the music. Why were they a remarkable group? It never really comes up. Is it just because he had 12 kids? Like, he was given a land for having 12 kids. But other than that, there's nothing remarkable about them. They're just a family of farmers. I'm pretty sure those were dime a dozen back in those days. I don't know. I wasn't alive. I just I just want to know why, why they were remarkable. But it's never explained. God damn it. I need some explanation, Tim and Andrew. So essentially this whole, the whole plot of this story circles around the fact that Jacob played favoritisms. 
This is why you should never play favoritisms. Even if you do have a favorite child, don't let them know that. Fuck. Otherwise, their brothers and sisters might end up fucking selling them like Joseph's brothers end up doing, which we'll find out here shortly. Don't fucking play favorites. God damn it, Jacob. What were you thinking? Crazy old man. Again, I don't know why they would need... Well, not again, because I'm bringing this up for the first fucking time. So there's continuity on my part. But I don't know why Jacob would need a coat. Really. They're in the... They're in a fucking warm weather climate. I I don't know why they would need a coat. Fuck. Just seem it just seems like a terrible choice. How often are you really gonna wear it? Like it's hot. You're gonna be sweating your fucking balls off in that. Oh yeah, have you seen the ancient times around Egypt? They're not wearing many clothes. It's cause it's fucking hot there. God damn it. I mean, I know the first part of this story doesn't take place in Egypt, but it's close to Egypt. It takes place in Canaan. I mean, if I was his brother, I'd be pissed off too. Being played favorites. God damn it. Don't put your kids off of each other. Canaan, for those that don't know, is in Israel, or it was an ancient land in Israel before Israel became Israel. I mean, I'm not overly accustomed to Israel's weather, but I'm pretty sure it's hot there a lot of the time. Although, to be fair, like a lot of the rabbis wear like heavy, uh, like lots of robes and shit. So, what the fuck do I know? Maybe, maybe Joseph could have gotten away with a coat. I don't know. Fuck it. Go drink some Smirnoff. Hashtag sponsor me Smirnoff. Sometimes you tell people about your dreams like every once in a while if you're having like a terrible fucking dream wait 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 let me let me let me start this from the beginning I have to pause and and then restart this but how, how many times do you tell people about your dreams not not very fucking frequently so they're making it seem like Joseph tells his brothers about his dreams all the time that would annoy the piss out of me too I don't fucking care Every once in a while, if you're having a dream you're concerned about, yeah, I'll fucking lend you my ear and be considerate towards you, but I don't want to fucking hear your dreams all the goddamn time, Joseph. But, yeah, let, let's let's play this back, because there's a line in here that I want to discuss. Joseph's coat annoyed his brother. 
admitting he doesn't know what the dream means. He's speculating that it could mean that he's going to have a post in somebody's government, but he doesn't know what the fucking dream means. Now, keep this in mind later on as the story progresses, but just remember, keep in mind the fact that he has no idea what this what this dream means. He's he He's trying to interpret it, but he's not quite sure, so he doesn't know. Keep, keep that in mind. That's that's going to be some important information that we'll get to later, if I remember, because I'm about to have a second Smirnoff, so we'll see. So the brothers aren't too impressed with Joseph and his dreams. So now they're... Now they're discussing ganging up and taking Joseph out. That way, he's no longer his dad's favorite son, and the the annoyance of Joseph always talking about his dreams will come to an end. They won't have to deal with it anymore. How are the dreams crystal clear? Even Joseph just said he doesn't know what the fuck the 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 dreams mean. Also, and they're now saying even the accuracy of the dreams that they don't even know. So why are they worrying about his dreams coming true? Like there's no up to this point, there's no indication that he's ever had a dream prophecy come true. He doesn't know what the dream means. Not only does he not know what the dream means, but they don't. His brothers don't know if the dream's going to come true. But they don't even know what the dream means. So what are they worried for? But here comes their plan. A really strong plan, if you ask me. Leave him here, all alone, and he's about to die. When some Ishmaelite, a hairy crew, gave 
came riding by In a flash the brothers changed their plans So you got to give the brothers credit. At least they're quick thinking on their feet. They were just going to leave them to die. And then they saw some Ishmaelites and they decided to sell Joseph as a slave. Again, I'm not up on my Bible, so I don't know what there is to indicate that those Ishlamites had money. But they went for it and it worked out for them. So good job thinking on your feet. In a trice, the dirty deal was done. Silver coins for Jacob's favorite son. Only silver. You could have gotten fucking gold for a dude that reads and writes. Are you kidding me? He reads and writes. Do you know how rare that is? Do you know how or how rare that was in those times? Not many people could read and write. Only a select few. That's worth fucking gold, not just silver. God damn it. The fast. The brothers are fast thinking, but they they weren't too smart on the business side of things. I was talking over it. So for those not familiar with the story, after the brothers sold Joseph, they kept his coat, tore it up, then found a goat, killed the coat, killed the goat, and smeared the goat's blood all over the coat to make it seem like Joseph had died in a battle with the goat, which we'll find out coming up next. I like the different use of genre, music genres that Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice employ in, in this particular musical. I think that's why it's my favorite because there's got so many different genres of music that they utilize and it's, they make it work so good. I mean, it's it's weird, but it's it's also amazing, beautifully amazing. So the brothers are telling Jacob that Joseph has died, but they're also telling him not to not to cry because Joseph would want them all to remain strong. So there you go. Basically, they're saying that Joseph, uh, Joseph battled a goat, and the goat ended up killing him, and that's why there's all this blood over Joseph's coat. But his soul's in 
Damn, poor buddy always makes me laugh. It's so stupid and awesome. I love it. <laughs> In fact, I would say it's really strong. I was going to skip the rest of this, but it's almost at the end, so. If he didn't lay down his life, why would the rest of them be dead? Like, there's 11. They're basically saying that they're too cowardly to fucking do anything. And then, and then, if they're too cowardly to do anything, that's justifying Jacob playing favoritisms to begin with. So, I don't know. I don't get that line. Fuck you, brothers. So now we're talking about Joseph being sold to Potiphar. That's a nice little play on words there a nice little subtle thing to say that he ran pyramid schemes so that's that's been a favorite line of mine for a long long time <laughs> like i remember picking that up picking up on that when i was a teenager and getting a good laugh out of that basically basically they're saying potiphar is a pyramid scheme operator So Joseph works super hard as a slave, so basically Potiphar noticed this and made Joseph the head of his household. Still a slave, but the house of, the head of his household. And now we're talking about his wife. Basically, his wife was a hussy, because even even in biblical times, hoes ain't loyal, yo. Hoes ain't loyal. It's just a harsh reality of our times. A harsh reality of our humanity, really. Can't trust these hoes. She's trying to seduce Joseph against his will. It's not very biblical. Actually, it's probably super biblical. I don't read the Bible, but I'm sure there's a lot of that shit going on. Now we have a little brief musical interlude. So basically, Potiphar's wife forced Joseph into sleeping with her. And now this musical interlude is basically them just banging. So ancient Egyptian banging going on right now. But they're making too much noise. That's their mistake. Oh, 
those high notes were probably my favorite notes of the entire fucking uh, musical. Like that, that's probably the best crescendo of the musical. I absolutely love it. it. Sends chills down my spine each time I hear it delivered. It's fantastic. Yes, I'm kind of a music nerd, but at the same time, I'm also not a musical nerd at all because I don't know anything about music. But I can appreciate it. So Joseph has now been thrown in jail for life for banging Potiphar's wife. That really should have been a line used in the fucking play. <laughs> Coming up with lyrics right on the spot. There you go. You're welcome, ALW and TR. Ooh, this song also has a good crescendo that I absolutely love. Close every door. There's just, there's a good crescendo in this one. I absolutely love it. I don't have much to say about this song, but I should really talk over it so I don't get sued for any sort of fucking copyright infringement for using like this entire fucking musical. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'm not really making any money off of this goddamn podcast, so it's not really infringing on anyone's rights, I don't think. Plus, I am providing commentary through the rest of it. But this is just a beautiful song, so I'm actually just going to shut up and, and listen to, to this the rest of the way through, and then we'll continue on on the next song. But I know the answers lie far from Who the fuck promised you the land of your own, Joseph? Was it your father playing favoritisms again? Like, that's ne that's never fucking brought up. Who's pro who who promised Joseph this land of his own? Uh, I don't know, and we'll ne we'll never find out. But let's get back to this beautiful beautiful song.
crescendo the crescendo in the last three seconds of that song fucking amazing love it So right there, right there, you're basically telling people that Joseph's going to be fine. You're giving away the fact that it's going to be a happy fucking ending and that Joseph's going to be just great. Why would you do that halfway through your play? I mean, aside from the fantastic music, what's to keep people to stay from a storyline standpoint? They know Joseph's going to be okay. He's going to come out on top. You're just, you're, you're telling them that right there. What the hell? Who does that? Why, 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 why? I don't know. I, I, I don't know why you would just give, essentially give, you, give away your ending like that. I mean, it doesn't give it away fully, but it gives away the fact that Joseph will be fine. Ugh. All right, let's continue with the song. Now into Joseph's prison cell were flung two very frightened men. We don't think that we will ever Hey, Joseph, help us if you can. We've had dreams that we don't understand. I accidentally, I, I accidentally paused the recording. Let me, let me go back on the, on the track for just a second. your dreams my friends and i will tell you what they show okay so here here's here's a little bit of continuity this this is, this is one of the major continuity things that i that i i take umbrage with and that is first of all other than the then the third or fourth scene 
when it's talking about Joseph telling his dreams to his brothers, it's not mentioned again throughout the rest of the story until this point that Joseph interprets dreams. Second of all, Joseph was a slave to Potiphar, Potiphar, whatever the fuck his name was, the pyramid scheme dude. So he, he was a slave to this guy, and he got thrown in jail. This this butler and this baker were were servants of of Pharaoh, so they they don't know who Joseph is, but yet they act like they do as soon as he, he he's thrown into jail. Also, they're acting like he, he that he's known for for interpreting dreams, which again this hasn't been mentioned since like one of the first scenes in the opening act. Secondly, if he was this well-known that servants of Pharaoh had heard of him, like, you'd think he wouldn't be in jail anymore. You'd think somebody would have had use and bought him from, from Potiphar. And, again, Joseph has... It's never been mentioned that Joseph has had a dream that he successfully interpreted. But these men are coming to him, assuming... <laughs> again, not really even knowing him. Or they, in, in, in logical sense, they shouldn't know him, but they seem to because his dreams are so great or his dream interpretations are so great. But they're coming to him and asking him for interpretations when he can't even interpret his own dream that he had about the, the sheaves of corn and the sun and the stars and the moon at the beginning of the play. And, there, and again, there's been no mention of his dream interpretations or their success rate ever since up until this point huge fucking loop uh, uh, void in in continuity right there Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice you're great lyricists you're great songwriters but storytelling your continuity needs some work needs some serious serious work oh I cannot guarantee to get it right I'll have a go you can't even guarantee that he's gonna get these right Fucking there at the beginning of the song when they first come to him 
he says he can't guarantee that that the dream, what he interprets, will come true. But then he says right there that he's never been proven wrong before. What the fuck is going on with the continuity there? How can you say in, in, in one line that you can't guarantee the results, but then in the next say, oh, I'm a, I've always been 100% right? What? 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 How, how are you going to play these poor dudes, man? Especially the baker who you now just told is going to be executed. And again, what proof do we have? At least give me one other scene, one other scene before this, somewhere in this play, where Joseph has a dream that comes true. Also, 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 the name of this mo- of this play is Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, and ba- based on the title. And the fact that the dreams that Joseph has at the beginning seems to occur after his father gives him the the coat. Logically, I would think that it was the coat that had something to do with his dream interpretations. But apparently the coat means fuck all. Basically, the coat was just a fucking plot point to try and murder Joseph to get him to move on to fucking Egypt. But the... The opening act of the play, and even the fucking title of the play itself, suggests that it's the it's the it's Joseph's coat, which which gives him the power of this dream interpretation. But he doesn't have this coat anymore because his brothers fucking ripped it to shreds when when, when they tried to act like Joseph had been killed wrestling a goat. So where the fuck are his interpretations coming from? Does the coat have no power? What what was spe- ah fuck just. Fuck, god damn it. Son of a bitch. Ah. But the continuity in that one song drives me up the wall every goddamn fucking time. Oh, I can't guarantee the results of my dreams. Oh, but my dream my dream interpretations have never been fucking wrong before. There's nothing no, nothing in the story that provides any evidence of that. And even at the beginning, I couldn't interpret my own goddamn dream with my brothers. But fuck it, I've never been wrong before. Yeah, you can trust me, motherfucker. The continuity is not really strong. But if my analysis of a position is right At the end of the tunnel there's a glimmer of light For all of a sudden in the scrub Of course there's a glimmer at the end of the, uh, a light at the end of the tunnel Cause you fucking already told us that Joseph was gonna be fine You gave away the ending You said you read the book and Joseph comes out on top Of course there's a glimmer of light Fucking continuity, god damn it a 
again another beautiful change in music styles. Fucking love this. Lo love the musical sounds of this uh, of this entire play. Really feels like something big is about to happen right now. But then it just goes into this. Okay, so the baker didn't even mention the name of the guy that he knew in jail, but all of a sudden, somehow, Pharaoh fucking knew that his name was Joseph and wants people to, to send for him, to, to bring him there to interpret his dreams. The fuck is going on with continuity? What the fuck? I realize this was written, like, in the 70s. I mean, it might have even been written in the 60s, because the play opened, I think, in 72 originally. So, I mean, I'm sure that they were fucking high on drugs and did not give a single fuck about continuity. But goddammit, 40, 50 years later, I fucking care. Where's my goddamn continuity to this shit? I need him to help me if he can. Again, this is another song with some great crescendos in it, and that was a that was a fine example right there. Well, welcome to Egypt, Joseph. Well, I was wandering along the banks of the river when seven fat cows came out of the Nile. Oh yeah, and right behind me is fine, healthy animals and seven other cows, skinny and vile. Oh yeah, can't trust them vile cows, man. Those skinny vile cows ain't no good. Ain't no meat on them. How are you gonna eat them? But it didn't make a battle like I thought a monster supper should. Well, the thing that was What does it mean? Well, you know that kings ain't stupid, but I don't have a clue. A lot of kings were actually very stupid. But that's what happens with hereditary rule. Oh, yeah. 
they were right, they were golden And you guessed it right behind them There were seven other years Tired of it all Oh yeah Well, the back old ain't the good one Yeah, they came up from behind Yes, they did But you're the here's the punchline And it's really gonna blow your mind, baby If you live Well, the back one was as bad as it ever, 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 ever be understand the bit about the corn, but I'm not quite sure about the cows. So I was wondering if you could tell me just one more time. Mr. Farrell, my please. Hey, 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 Joseph, won't you please tell him So, Joseph says that he doesn't understand the part about the cows and wants Pharaoh to explain that part to him again. And instead of actually explaining the part about the cows again, the Pharaoh just asks Joseph to tell him what the dream means. So there's no, there's nothing going on there that adds any part of explanation to the dream. And yet, right, right now... Joseph is going to completely interpret the dream, what it means with the cows and the corn, even though he was unsure what it meant, what the cows meant, and fucking Pharaoh never goddamn classified. Here we go. Seven years of bumper crops are on their way. Years of plenty, endless wheat, and tons of Farms will boom, there won't be room to store the surplus food you grow. After that, the future doesn't look so bright. Egypt's luck will change completely overnight. Famine's hand will stock the land. So even though Joseph didn't have all the facts, because he didn't know what the cows meant and Pharaoh never further explained it, He's completely interpreted this dream to mean that there's going to be seven years of rich and bountiful crop and food growth in Egypt, followed by seven years of hard famine. What? 
where anywhere in Joseph's story does it give an indication that he knows a goddamn thing about economic planning? Yeah, sure, okay. So if you want to buy into the continuity error that he can interpret dreams, even though that's never fully explained either, or fully proven, that still doesn't explain how he's going to be, how he's going to lead the economic... Uh, be responsible for the economics. I mean, I guess he, he does have the past as a farmer, so he knows how to handle food and stuff, but he he's telling Pharaoh essentially that he should be made in charge of the economy and rationing and everything. He doesn't have that experience. Where in his, where in his life does it show that he has that experience? I mean, I, you could say he was the house, uh, the head of Potiphar's household, but it never really mentioned what his responsibilities were. He was, at the end of the day, still a slave. Like, what the fuck in his backstory? He says he, he has the, the, the fucking ability to do this job. This man could be, I just don't know. 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 He didn't even know what the cows meant because you never even gave him any further explanation on it. I do love the phrase stone the crows though. I, I gotta I think I gotta use that more often in my life. Okay, so this is this is an important couple of lines to remember. Okay, so it's pr Joseph is proven correctly. So there was seven years of good luck with the crops and the food, and everything was bountiful and it was in excess, and they built up a good supply, and then seven years of famine followed. So there's been fourteen years. 14 years of Joseph in Egypt, okay? Let's not even take into the fact that we don't know how much time he actually spent with with Potiphar as a slave there, how much time he spent in, in jail before he was fetched by the Pharaoh after, after Potiphar caught him with his wife, or caught Joseph with his wife. So, at least 14 years, Joseph has been basically Pharaoh's number two, as as Pharaoh put it in the previous song. So keep keep that keep that in mind as we go forward. Is that you and me? I was wise to have chosen you. You 
you'll be wise to agree. Battle Abraham, but now we're a partnership, it's just a piece of cake. Anyone from anywhere can make it if they get a lucky break. Or if their brothers plot against them and try to murder them and then end up selling them as a slave. No, actually, they never would have crossed my mind if I never listened to this goddamn musical. I wouldn't have given a fuck about his family. But let's find out what's happened to his family. Okay. Fucking skip. So, anyways, basically, 14 years later, famine has struck the land. The brothers were ill-prepared because they didn't know what to do. So they've suffered through seven years of famine, and they're all still alive. Surely at least one of them would have been dead. Surely Jacob would have fucking been dead by now. He was a fucking old, haggard son of a bitch to begin the story. And now we're talking about 14 years late, at least at minimum 14 years later. Let's be realistic. It's probably like at least 15 or 16, because Joseph spent some time as a slave and in jail. We're looking at, we're, but minimum fucking 14 years later, plus seven years of fucking famine on top of that. The fact that Jacob is still alive is a goddamn fucking miracle. Only in the Bible could somebody survive this shit for this long. Anyways, we're not going to get into religious debate here. But, I... uh, At least somebody in that time, over 14 years plus seven years of famine, at least one of the brothers and more than likely Jacob would have died. You're probably looking at at least, in reality, half of the brothers probably would have been dead, if not all of them for fucking famine for seven goddamn years. Anyways, continue the story. They're going on to see Joseph in Egypt, only none of them know that Joseph is actually still alive. So let's continue on with the story. Back in Cain and the future looked rough Jacob's family were finding it tough For the famine has caught us unprepared We are thin, we are ill, we are getting scared It's enough to... Also, hashtag sponsor me, Smirnoff We are down to our very last sheep Also... Shout, shout out to the BAYK podcast boys and everybody in the Work Life Imbalance Pod Peep group as well as the Somebody's Network. Thank you guys for all your support, even though I haven't been around much lately with the podcast. I appreciate and love you all, especially the BAYK podcast. Eddie and Patty, you guys are, are a couple of beautiful fucking bastards. I love you to pieces. You guys owe me a fucking collaboration podcast, so let's fucking get on it, lads. Let's do this shit. Joseph found a string not to laugh because I had a brain. 
goddamn bratricide. Your eleven sheaves of corn all turned and bowed to mine. I dreamed I saw eleven stars, the sun, the moon, and sky. Bowing down before my star, and now I realize why. So it only took him 15 years to figure out what the fuck his dream meant. Congratulations, Joseph. But everybody else trusted you with their dreams. Fuck. Such stupidity in the continuity. Why do you think I should help you? Wouldn't you help me? Yes! Why on earth should I believe you? I've no guarantee. Good men and true. You tried killing your goddamn brother, and then you sold them to slaves. And <laughs> you're good men and true. Suddenly your tragic story gets me right here. This is what we hope he'd say. All this tugging at my heartstrings seems quite justified. I shall give you what you came for and lots more besides. Joseph has set up his brothers here to see to test their loyalty, to, to test to see if they're actually true and honest men. So he, he's uh, he's putting the he, he's placed a uh, his golden cup in one of their sacks, in one of their food bags. That one, that line is the second unintentionally funny line to me. <laughs> Calling Benjamin a fucking nasty youth. Like, bro, 
fucking <laughs> come on joseph you were the youngest of the sons there were like two before you and then and then ben- and benjamin i think benjamin was like the ninth no benjamin was the tenth son and then there was one more and then joseph and then fucking you're calling him a nasty youth so like you were all in <laughs> essentially you were in your teens when the story fucking started i'm assuming and at least 15 years have gone by since then. <laughs> like, fucking Benjamin is not a youth anymore, dude. He's a fucking full-grown adult. <laughs> fucking nasty youth just seems like such a random fucking way to describe him. And just, again, it's just one of those, it's just another line that I just find so unintentionally funny. I'm shocked me to the core. In my whole career Have I encountered this before Guards, seize him Lock him in a cell Throw the keys into the Nile as well Each of the brothers fell to his knees Show him some mercy, almighty one I'm sure Joe would love to jail them and beat them after what they've put him through. Although, to be fair, if it wasn't for them, he wouldn't be like second command in, uh, uh, of Egypt. So, fucking good with the bad, I suppose. Basically, in the last song, the brothers stuck up for for Benjamin and said he must have been framed, he wouldn't do this, and that they were all willing to sacrifice their lives, whether it be with death or just a lifetime imprisonment in jail. They were all willing to sacrifice themselves to to save Benjamin because Benjamin was was innocent and they they knew he Benjamin was not the one that would have stolen Joseph's precious golden cup so now because of that Joseph has determined that his brothers are now honest men so he's going to re- reunite with his brothers and reveal himself Hard to see that Joseph, who you thought was dead, your brother is me.
So, this is Jacob's arrival in Egypt, and somehow Jacob still isn't fucking dead. <laughs> 15 years after he thought Joseph was killed, seven years through a famine, and his fucking 11 remaining sons ditching him to go to Egypt to beg for food. They didn't even bring their father to Egypt for the food. What the fuck? How can you call them honest and good-standing men when they didn't even bring their father, who was old and suffering through the famine as well, to Egypt to get food? And how is he still alive after that? He's been abandoned in a famine. This is going to be the final number. So I don't really have much else to say. So let's just sit back, listen. Maybe I'll interrupt. Who knows? I'm probably going to interrupt because I'm a dick. I'm a fucking asshole. I'm just a guy that interrupts things. Interrupting son of a bitch. But let's listen to the finale. Yeah, I promise at the start I wouldn't sing anymore. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. That's going to be the last time I come in and sing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I apologize to your ears.
Okay, and that's gonna wrap it up because that final part on the soundtrack is just a fucking remix of the entire play, basically summing it up in eight minutes. And fuck that, I'm not gonna waste eight more minutes of your time. I've already wasted an hour and 20 minutes of your time. But I want to thank you guys all for sitting through this. Like I said, I was finally feeling inspired to do another Drunk Discussions podcast. So I don't know when I'm gonna record another. Hopefully I'll record at least one before the new year, but if not, I'll definitely be back in the new year, uh, hopefully with a new co-host as well. Let me know what you guys thought in the comments section down below. Did you like the fact that I was just recording from home, or do you miss the atmosphere of recording live in a bar? Leave me a comment, let me know. Once again, you can find the show in multiple different places. We are on iTunes, we are on Stitcher, we are on Spotify, and of course our main source of play, our home, drunkdiscussions.podbean.com. And again, if you want to buy some merch, I am working on some new merch, but our old stuff is still available. You can still get the Drunk Club shirts. You can still get shirts that say Drunk Discussions with Sean and Ocho as a commemorative gift to yourself. You can go to shop.spreadshirt.com backslash drunk discussions. You can follow us on the Instagram or at or on the Twitter at drunk D podcast on both of those. Or you can go to facebook.com backslash drunk discussions and give us a like on there. Now that my Facebook is up and running and I have access to run the drunk discussions page again, we can uh, we can continue on with that. But I want to thank everybody who's decided to listen into this. Once again, shout-outs to my homies over at the BAYK podcast. Shout-outs to the WLI Pod Peeps Network, the Somebody's Network. Everybody that sent me messages of well wishes and hope to hope to hear you soon since I announced that the show was going on hiatus because Sean decided to go back to Saskatchewan. And, you know, even though we're not really on speaking terms right now, shout out to L who did our original logo. So I will be forever grateful to L for doing that logo with the with the open mouth and the and the bubbles coming out. So go follow her on Twitter at L Oriole E L L E O R I O L E. She does some great artwork. Check it out. She also posts awesome cat pictures. So if you love cats, which you should, because cats are fucking awesome, go uh, go follow L. Other than that, that is going to wrap it up, and hopefully we will talk to you guys soon. But if not, I hope you all have a safe and very happy and merry Christmas and happy New Year, and uh, be good to yourselves. I love you, and I've missed you, and whether you're listening to this in the morning, in the evening, in the afternoon, wherever you are, whatever time you're listening to this, have a wonderful day.